The information discussed on this show is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general informational purposes only. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guy's Guy's Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guy's Guy's Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And this week is no exception. I've got a great guest for you today. Her name is Cynthia Sue Larson. She dubs herself a quantum optimist. She is a quantum researcher. She is a brilliant writer, a brilliant individual and researcher. And we're going to talk about, really, that there's more out there than meets the eye. We're going to get into timeline changes and shifting and reality shifts and quantum physics and a lot of different aspects of how we experience life in the third dimension and if it's possible for us to tap into other dimensions to really get more out of our life. And it's fascinating stuff. I know it's not that easy to digest, But one of the things I do here on the show, I bring some new ideas to get everybody thinking, including myself, and asking, what if? So Cynthia Sue is going to be here in a couple of minutes, and we're going to have a great conversation. What else is happening? Well, we're just about at St. Patrick's Day, and it's always a fun time. I know I don't drink anymore, but when I did, St. Patrick's Day was pretty wild way back in my days in New York City because nobody does St. Patty's Day like New York City. They've got a parade. Every bar is bustling and crazy and wild. And you, know, you ask yourself, what is you know, St. Patrick's all about? It's like everybody out drinking a ton of beer and having a good time. And sometimes it gets out of hand. But you wonder, like, what, what, kind, of, what kind of holiday is this that everybody gets trashed? <laughs> That's what... That's what seems to be uh, the underpinning of how St. Patrick's Day is celebrated in America. I don't know if it's like that all around the world or even in Ireland, but I can tell you from the, the big cities in the United States, whether it's Chicago or New York City, really, it's all about getting out there and pounding beers and drinks and, you know, just having a big shout out. Because St. Patrick's Day, if you're in the north or the northeastern part of the country, it's kind of a watershed date because it kind of harkens in the the next season. We've got daylight savings now. The weather starts to change. you got baseball season. Usually happens right at the beginning of April 1st or so. This week it's pushed back, of course. The seasons change and everybody gets more optimistic and springtime and flowers bloom and the trees get their leaves and everybody gets excited about the upcoming summer. And that's how it is in the northern part of the country in New York City. And so St. Patrick's Day represents a lot of different things. And I know for myself, I've been at some wild, wild times in New York at St. Patrick's Day, and I don't drink anymore, but good memories. I just don't think it's really necessary to get totally trashed on a, on a specific holiday, but that seems to be the way things roll. So 
I, I would suggest just uh, using your inner conscience and decide how you want to have a good time. But think about the fact that, you know, St. Patrick's Day is usually kind of a spring-off date getting into the change of the seasons and uh, really the more fun part of the year. So what else, what else is happening? Well, everybody's got their masks off, but now we can't go out and spend money because we're spending it all on gasoline. That's what Bill Maher said the other night, and I have to give him credit for that because it's actually very accurate. You know, you ask yourself with this whole issue with uh, Russia invading Ukraine, and I don't get into politics a lot on the show, but this is about humanity and kind of the ripple effect, because here we've got one guy who's going crazy and he's behaving in an aberrant way, invading another country, war, destruction, killing, death, mayhem. And not only that, it's affecting the rest of the world in a lot of different ways because it puts a lot of awareness to the fossil fuel industry because apparently the U.S. had gotten about 8% of its oil from Russia. We've kind of shut that off, and now our gas prices are through the roof. And you ask yourself, well, if the oil companies, and everybody's saying, well, drill, 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 we... We should, we should, you know, have more of our own. But if we drill, 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 and I'm not saying we shouldn't, I'm not saying what we should do or not do, but just um, ask yourself this. It takes a while to get that all up and running. It could be years. And then it's going to increase the long-term reliance on oil and fossil fuels. So that's one issue we have to think about. And secondly, you ask yourself, do these oil companies have excess capacity? And the answer from my research is yes, they do. So they can just, they can already pump more oil for us and keep those prices down. And then you have the situation with our friends, if you will, in the Middle East, where they can just turn the spigot on or off or slow or fast, and they can also control the price of our gasoline. And it's just really ridiculous. And here in California, we pay 58 cents a gallon tax and gas. And I think they've got to do something about that because... The prices here are higher than any place else in the country. I was at Costco earlier last week to fill up, and I put premium in, and it was like over five fifty. That's crazy because that really hits you in the wallet. So, I think there's a lot of factors involved. Is is there a long-term squeeze to keep us dependent on oil? Whereas you have here in California, you have on the flip side, you have a lot of charging stations, a lot more availability for hybrids and electric cars, and I see a lot more of them on the roads. Is that the way to go? You know, inevitably, we're going to wean ourselves off fossil fuel. Could this be the death rattle of the oil industry saying, you know, really putting it to us so we insist, like, please drill more oil? And then we're locked into them for another 20 years or so. So think about that before you say drill, drill, drill. Think about what are the long-term implications of this. I'm not saying everything's been handled the right way by our politicians, but I'm just saying sometimes there's more there than meets the eye. And in terms of that concept, more there than meets the eye, we're going to start our conversation with our special guest, Cynthia Sue Larson. So let's bring her out right now. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, Guy's Guy's Radio. My very special time of the show is when I bring on a great guest. And my great guest today, her name is Cynthia Sue Larson. And we're going to talk about the Mandela effect and quantum jumps and reality shifting and quantum paradigms and 
I got to tell you, you know what some people call impossible is just the stuff they haven't seen. We have more power over our reality than we've been taught. And today we're going to talk about personal power, how to become more conscious of the effect of our thoughts, feelings, beliefs have on the universe. The fact that we can transform our lives through our thoughts and feelings and the underlying connectedness between space and time. Bottom line, miracles are normal. They're part of our everyday life. If we are open to the possibilities, it's kind of like you know, the world is full of miracles and it's a lot more fluid and dynamic than we think it is. And Cynthia is going to teach us all about it and teach us some ways in which we can take advantage of that fact. So Cynthia Sue Larson is the best-selling author of books, including Quantum Jumps, Reality Shifts and High Energy Money. She's the founder of Reality Shifters, president of the International Mandela Effect Conference, managing director of Foundations of Mind and creator and host of The Quantum Dream. She's been featured in a number of shows on Guy, the History Channel, Coast to Coast, uh, all over the place. And uh, she always reminds us to ask the question, how good can it get? So welcome to Guys, Guys Radio, Cynthia Sue Larson. Uh, thank you so much, Robert. I love being with you today. Thank you. Me too. When you talk about reality shifts, what exactly do you mean? Is that observing the universe changing its mind? Well, I, I think of it as more like our experience of consciousness in action, <laughs> that we're witnessing things appear, disappear, transform, transport, changes in the way we experience time. And this is all part of our normal daily experience that often goes unexamined. These kind of miracles are happening all around us, and they're natural, quite natural. So are we only viewing a limited slice of the reality because we only see what's in front of us that we can kind of comprehend and process. But does do, does reality shift based on, is that based on what we then are paying attention to? Love that question. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, when you think about each of our ranges of perceptions, for example, visual perception, we, we're familiar with a rainbow. That's our entire span of visible spectrum where we can only see red through violet with the naked eye we have to go to equipment in order to see infrared or ultraviolet similarly we've got limitations in our bandwidth of hearing and that's another frequency wave bandwidth and pretty much all of our senses are compressed little slices of reality they're not the whole thing and perhaps more shocking they're just representations of they're not even truly expressing what's out there they're just our reinterpretation of what's there so the whole thing is of interpretation of an interpretation of a thin slice, very thin slice of reality. So we are only then similar to eyesight, where they say we're only we're only processing like one percent. Our interpretation of reality that's in front of us is also very limited, unless we open ourselves up to the possibility that there could be a lot more, and it could be a lot more fun if we do that. Is that the case? Right. Gosh, yes. And we tend to get lost with tunnel vision in our own lives. We don't see who we are. We get wrapped up in the drama of living. So that means we're not really observing. We're, we, we start believing that we are the character that we're playing. But actually, these reality shifts invite us to view ourselves from a higher dimensional standpoint, that we can see ourselves as an observer and the actor in our lives. We're both. So we're not just a little um, pawn or something getting tossed around by <laughs> whatever's happening, whatever drama might be unfolding. Drama meaning when people try to get you to get roped into something you should be angry about or you should be worried about or frightened about or sad about. And 
Not necessarily. It's it, it's actually a higher level of awareness to get into that observer role, meditate and see things from that little slightly higher level of perspective. So when we do that, how how do we, let's bring the concept of shifting reality into that. So if you we're doing the work to raise your vibration. You meditate, you eat the right foods, you get enough rest, you hydrate, all that kind of stuff. How, how can we, you know, from a practical standpoint, how can people then take more of a the steering wheel, if you will, in creating our reality? Well, it starts from within. So I would recommend don't create anything until you're calm and you're in that beautiful, neutral, accepting state of balance. Because if you're not balanced, and whatever you create will be a little bit of a whirlwind, a little bit of a storm, a little bit of a crash and burn. <laughs> and I think a lot of people go through that without knowing they're doing that. And so it's really important to kind of get to that place of where you're neutral in the sense that you're very accepting. You can start seeing a silver lining in everything, no matter what it is, no matter, even if someone says, oh my gosh, that's horrible. I would recommend keep looking at how good can it get? How good is it? and look for that silver lining because it is there, I promise you. And when you find it, then you can start getting to that balanced place. From there, finally, then I would say go for it. Then you can create. Uh, the reason I don't recommend manifesting from all this drama or the chaos is it creates tangled results. Yeah, we were talking about before we got on the air, I was ill for a couple of days at the end of last week, and it was brutal and uh, just you know, stomach virus type of thing that we've all had even though nobody talks about any other illnesses right now, but people do still they get stomach aches and they eat the wrong food, whatever. I was very sick and I it was the third person in my family who got this. And as I was going through a very tough night, uh, something came over me and said, you know, you're we're helping you purge what's inside of you. But we also, I saw all of these images, just chaos and all stuff that came from my life, just all over the place. And the message was, you need to clean that up too. So you have a broader perspective and more of an open perspective and you're not weighed down by all of that chaos. Is that relevant to what we're talking about? Gosh, yes. That's like the heart and soul of it right there. I couldn't imagine a better way to encapsulate it. And I think people can relate. I don't know if everyone goes does what you did, but when you get that kind of a message of just let go, I, I went through COVID and long COVID and the big message was you basically, I'm not going to say I'm macabre, but it was like, you stress, you die. In other words, don't stress about anything. Like, I don't care if it's like, but I have to pay my taxes. It's like, don't stress. And I can't think clearly because I got brain fog. Don't stress. It's like, whoa, <laughs> what a revelation. So um, yeah, I think these illnesses are a gift as well. As you're pointing out, I love the way you describe what you went through because you got to that point of clarity that all that, we don't even notice we're doing it when we carry this clutter around. I'm sure that's true for you because it's. I think it's true for all of us. Before we know it, we're just carrying baggage, so just heaps and piles of it, of these expectations of what people think, we think that, that they think we're supposed to be doing. Uh, maybe it's a lot simpler than that. Uh, it's and a I great think, point. Uh, yeah. What I, what I uh, attempted to do since then, I've well, I've gone on a three-day, my wife's been doing it for seven days because she's a pro at fasting, but I've gone on my first water fast for and it's been this is my fourth day and um, I'm working through it so it's all new every day is new but it, the point is what I've attempted to do is take something make something create something positive out of something negative and be open and aware to the messaging that I was getting because I was open to the messaging 
to do something positive. So make a what was very, very violently ill evening became something that has put me on a nice path now. So I think that's something for our audience to, to consider. Like what sometimes when bad things happen, and there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world now, but we have to look for what is the lesson often instead of just what it is at that point. Is that true, Cynthia? Yes, I think looking for a lesson is valuable. Sometimes um, there are layers of it. They can stair step farther and farther. And often we might feel like we're getting manipulated by our corporate media um, just to think or believe certain Imagine things. Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to rise above that mess and start seeing through it and look to see. Uh, I'm not advocating get crazy with it. Quite the opposite. I'm just recommending get simple with it recognize what um, what is in our best interest in our community and our families. And that's to be heart-based, loving, without all sorts of baggage and get just outrage that this doesn't hold any place in our relationships, regardless what someone decided to do or what their truth might be. These reality shifts invite us to look at subjective realities, that there are truth bubbles that is natural. And we can be respectful of all of that without getting demanding and judgmental about what should be and all that. Okay, guys, guys, radio, my very special guest is Cynthia Sue Larson. We're talking about reality shifts, quantum jumps. We're going to get into quantum paradigms and, and also the Mandela effect. But to kind of land the helicopter here for our, our audience, what, what was your experience that led you to become such a, uh, a leader, a thought leader in, in terms of reality shifting and quantum thinking? Uh, just sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a I've got a passion that's just unquenchable for the topic. And I started in the 1990s writing about it with my website and doing radio interviews and going to events and talking about it with everybody I could find. So just sticking with it, really just be there, keep showing up every day, have that be my passion, which it is. And that's how that happens. It's not really magic. It's just chop wood, carry water in your life. You've had a lot of instances where quantum jumps and reality shifts have occurred. You want to uh, tell us a little bit about that? Gosh, yes. Well, everything from the mundane um, that everybody experiences where I've set my keys down just before going somewhere and then they're not where I put them and nobody messed with them. Nobody moved them. They're just not there. And then I have to search the whole house and then and then at some random moment, there they are, where I had looked for them several times, not just the first time, and nobody moved them. And that was just an, that's an example of appearing, disappearing. <laughs> now, what, is, what is that? Because everybody's had that. I've had that, the exact example of that, where I came back and found my keys after looking over and over and over for them. They were right in the middle of the table. There's no way I missed them. What happened? Right. Well, um, there are lots of explanations for what causes these Mandela, these reality shifts. Now they're called personal Mandela effects. That seems like the lexicon oh, wow. of our okay. day. That's what people talk about now. Um, but I'd like to give credit to Mary Rose Barrington, who was tracking this in England. She was um, very respected and working with colleges where you can actually do parapsychology and metaphysics and be respected in the United Kingdom. So Mary Rose Barrington called it just one of those things. And... J-O-T-T, she called it Jot and Jottles, and she was tracking documented cases going back to the early 1900s, so it goes back a long time. I think that's important because it shows that we've got a very documented history from reputable scientific sources that show that this has been going on, even though you and I and everybody has this happened to them. Uh, it usually 
prior to discussing the subject seriously gets dismissed as like a memory lapse or confusion. And um, so I've, I've been really making a strong, I drew a line in the sand and said, okay, everybody, this is real. I, I like to look at it as a quantum phenomenon. I see it as part of quantum paradigm operating in our everyday reality. I, I believe that we're witnessing that and it, it makes sense to me that way. It does, it's not a full explanation because we don't yet have a agreed upon quantum interpretation. Um, we haven't yet decided, is this a holographic multiverse or is this a simulation? You know, there's a lot of discussion still about how to interpret quantum physics. So, um, but so that's why it's not a complete explanation, but it's fascinating. And to me, it seems like a good fit. You know, it's interesting that uh, just as an example of, uh, again, with the finding the lost keys, but it's all about what you're willing to accept as possibilities. So for instance, you mentioned in the book, Captain Cook, when he sailed, and he was a real guy, he, when he sailed to Tahiti, the, the natives there did not see his boat, his ship, because they'd never seen that type of ship, I guess. I'm sure they've seen some long boats or whatever, but they didn't see a big ship with sails or anything on that. How, how did that work? How did you find out about that? That's cool. Uh, well, I, I was just fascinated by that um, description in historical records. I do look through historical records to see what we can find in terms of how to uh, show these things that are now appearing in laboratory experiments. Um, this is very similar to an experiment conducted um, back in 2018, that was reported in 2019 about double slit experiment with two observers in the same place, same time, witnessing two different things and their trusted experimental devices. That's very relevant because that shows that we can be in these bubbles of subjective reality. Well, how do I explain it? Um, but I would say the natives are likely so entangled with their their ocean, their water, the the, the animals, the plants that to them. That entanglement is having what we might call a quantum Zeno effect, where you kind of lock a quantum system into a quantum state. So those late natives, by virtue of being so in tune with their surroundings, they see it the way they would love to see it, which is naturally without any um, visitors. You know, they're not looking for something that they've never seen before. And so they're not, they're actually not seeing it. And this is a very radical way of looking at the world, but this is the way that I look at the world. And, and then from the standpoint of Captain Cook's um, crew and of course officers and himself, they know that they're there. So they don't understand how could they not be seen. But when there's something so novel and something so new, to me, it makes sense from that uh, experiment that we've seen recently, just in the last few years, obviously it's possible for two people to be standing side by side and witnessing two different realities unfolding. And I think some of us know that we've seen that with friends that we trust where we'll have an argument, like what happened or didn't happen. And if that's ever happened to you and you feel like, but my friend never lies, I don't get it. Um, I'm just putting out there, consider another possibility. Maybe you're both right. Mm -hmm. Very fascinating. So what are some examples in our day-to-day -day lives? I know there's the finding the keys that we touched on a few times, but beyond that, what, can, what should people be aware of? How can they make themselves more aware of the possibilities? Because it seems like that's what it's really all about. When you have a very narrow frame of thinking, you're going to get what you're narrowly framed on. But if you have an open mind and you're open to possibilities, more things will become available to you. Is that is that correct? Yes, it's absolutely true. And this is what we see with reality shifts having a similarity to the placebo effect in the sense that you can 
recognize, I talk about in my book, reality shifts, people that became, you know, instantly, well, there can be healing, just instantaneous healing can occur. And um, I, I, I did a workshop in Long Island for um, a group of people that had been through devastating uh, results of, from Katrina. So they were just reeling with that whole experience. And I was um, doing a workshop and one of the participants uh, subsequently told me that he'd been dealing with a cancer diagnosis and he was wondering in the workshop, what, what advice could I give him? And I said, well, just literally jump when you're in the elevator, when you're going to go see your doctor and you want to jump into a new reality, do that physical thing and just tell yourself. And he's been a lifelong meditator. He was a, quite gifted at manifesting law of attraction, all that good stuff. So he said, uh, like he, he said, Cynthia, you won't believe what happened. I was jumping in the elevator, going for the next checkup and uh, expecting that the cancer had progressed or it stayed, you know, the same. Instead, they found it was gone, you know, and this is the kind of thing that's possible. So it starts with things like lost socks and missing keys and ends up where you can literally jump into realities where that person that was going to sue you, the legal action just fizzles out. Um, a diagnosis that gave you three months to live turns into nothing, some sort of mistake, like which they can't even believe. Like, but they took all these tests. How can that be? How can it be completely gone? Well, it this is what happens. Yeah. I have a quick story on that. I had a kidney stone about seven years ago, and they were going to go up inside me to go grab it. And I, they showed it to me on the uh, ultrasound. And it was extremely painful. And it actually was, a, a, here's a gift. I uh, found out that I had two, a growth on each kidney. And that's a completely other story, but everything's great now. But anyhow, they said, we want to grab that kidney stone. So they went up there. I, they put me under. They went up there. And I said, I don't want a stent. And they said, okay, we'll see what we can do. They went up there. I, I, I came out of it. And they said, there was no stone. Love it. They said, you, you got to go play lotto. And I said, what do, you think? <laughs> what do you mean there was no stone? You, sh you showed it to me on the, uh, on the ultrasound. And when they went and did the procedure, not there. Right. I just figured that's a gift. I just run with it. So oh, I guess the, these things happen to all of us, but I guess it's about being uh, open to what, what could be, what, what are the possibilities? How could, as you say, how could, can it get? Yes, how good can it get? That's so important because often if we keep thinking of what next, what next, or kind of aiming down, down, down into it, like we're, it's like dive, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Let's not live our lives that way. Mm -hmm. So we can totally pull out of the tailspin and pull up just by asking how good can it get, no matter what's happening, even when it looks impossible, even if it sounds sarcastic, like how can I say this when things are so screwed up? Ask it anyway, how good can it get? Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Parallel universes and different timelines. These are uh, concepts that people are talking about now, and uh, a lot of folks don't really grasp it. Uh, I don't, but I you know, work with it. So could you help us out with kind of those concepts and how they in intersect with our day-to-day -day lives, parallel universes and different timelines? Okay. Um, one simple way to look at it is that when we make a decision, whatever the choice may be, like, should you go out with friends to lunch or stay home and do some housework and, you know, some work that you need to do? Um, every decision point like that is a branching point. You can think of it as there is an invitation to go into a couple of different parallel realities. They both exist. And if you imagine it, you can sort of feel it like you can witness it like movie reels. I, I write about this in a young adult novel, Karen Kimball and the Dreamweaver's Web, showing 
just for children. Like that's what it looks like. You can just see all these different movie reels of this is all the different things that could be happening. And it's kind of cool because when you think of it that way, then you recognize that you can intuitively feel into the future and get a sense of what this will be like. I, I was doing this a lot when I was a small child and my parents would ask me any question of any choice. And they just were so frustrated because I would always say, well, because I'm just, I'm just running with it. Like, whoa, look at all those. <laughs> like if we go to the zoo, it's this, if we go to the store, it's that, if, you know, and so if you start playing with that, um, you can improve your intuition because you can start playing with what am I sensing? And okay, I'm going to choose. It's like running a maze. Like, okay, I'll choose this path. Let's see if my vibe and my feeling, my gut feeling turns out to be true. Let's see what happens with door number two or door yeah. number three. And sometimes it gets fun with reality shifting. It, this is where it really gets interesting because you can jump from one time. We call it a, maybe a timeline to another. To me, they're time curves. They don't, they're not lines. They're not linear. Time does weird, twisty stuff. But if you jump from one, I'll just call it a timeline, to another, then you can jump from waking up feeling like I only got seven hours sleep. I needed eight or nine. I'm shortchanged. And just tell yourself, no, I got enough sleep. Just jump to telling yourself I'm fine and do that with um, any situation. So if it feels like this doesn't feel, it seems like I'm shortchanged or I'm less than for some reason, just tell yourself now, this is great. I'm great. And this is exactly perfect for the situation. So it's working with our belief system because that, that's often where we subterfuge ourselves. We collapse our own um, <laughs> so if, you're, if somebody's uh, let's take it in one level deeper, somebody's going for a job interview or they have an important interview, what should their mindset be going into that to create the type of result that they're hopeful for? Well, if that's a job they want, then I would say uh, act as if you already have it and allow yourself to relax. Usually our autonomic nervous system is all in fight or flight We're in a new situation. We're feeling stressed. Um, but you can do things beforehand that are proven to give you positive energy and reduce the stress and increase the, the good stuff, like stretch your arms out wide or up above your arms. Even if you just do that for a few minutes, um, it, it's for a few seconds, even take a deep breath, relax. Imagine that the person interviewing you is your best friend that you guys go to lunch all the time. Um, do stuff like that. And it's actually palpable. The people talking to you will feel it too. And then you get into this whole different vibe. It went from something that was scary to something like, and, and tell yourself it doesn't matter. Cause if you're getting like all tense, like, oh, this is everything. This, if I don't get this interview, forget that. Just, just feel like, ah, it's my best buddy. We go to lunch all the time. I'm just going to have fun talking about stuff I love. Then you're relaxed. You're already accessing this possible reality where this is true. Everybody in that you're talking to can feel it. And that vibe transmits everywhere. It's mm -hmm. It's got this epic um, field effect. It just goes to all the connections, all the other people that are decision makers that aren't even in that room that you didn't even meet. They're also feeling it. That's fantastic. Okay, Cynthia Sue Larson, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. We talk about the Mandela effect now. It seems to be a, a concept that everybody's uh, somewhat familiar with, but what is it and how did it get started? And why is it on the tip of everybody's tongue these days? <laughs> Well, it, um, what it is, it's named after Nelson Mandela and the fact that some people, I would give credit to Art Bell because he, he on his um, Coast to Coast radio show was talking about how he got, was inundated with 
faxes <laughs> and phone calls and that kind of thing. Lots of messages from people all around the world saying that they remembered that Nelson Mandela had died while he was in, incarcerated at Robbins um, Island in, in jail. And so it was shocking to a lot of people when they saw, wow, wait a minute, he's alive again. And now he's running South Africa. What happened? <laughs> and does anybody else think this is kind of weird? And so then a blogger named Fiona Broom picked up that thread. Maybe she's heard the Art Bell show. I don't know. But around 2009, 2010, that phrase Mandela effect became a thing. Um, and at that time, Art Bell had asked me, would you call it that? And I said, not really. I wouldn't call it that because why anchor this whole reality shift phenomenon on a single person? Um, I'd already talked about someone else. In fact, Larry Hagman. So, you know, I didn't say it, I wasn't that cheeky to tell Art Bell it should be the Hagman effect. <laughs> Let's talk about Larry Hagman for a moment, because that's what you and I connected with that, because as I was reading your correspondence, I mentioned, hey, I you know remember Larry Hagman. And I did not know that that was one of your discoveries. I saw Larry Hagman at the Windows of the World uh, way back in my uh, advertising career before the World Trade Center went away. And he was having a great time there. And then a couple of years later, I read that he had passed. And I'm like, oh, wow, Larry Hagman. I thought he was looking pretty good. And then a couple of years later, I'm like, Larry Hagman starring in some new series or something uh, where he was, there's no way he was, he had passed. He was alive. And I mentioned that to some other people. They had no idea. And then I just forgot about it until you and I connected just a few weeks ago. So what was, what is it with Larry Hagman? Well, that's, this is just a common example of a celebrity. And uh, now it's becoming a big thing. There are whole Mandela effect websites. Um, I don't see Larry Hagman mentioned. You get a high five and a gold star for being one of the first people to notice this phenomenon before there was Nelson Mandela. Yes, there was Larry Hagman from I Dream of Jeannie. I used to watch mm -hmm. that. And then, of course, he was J.R. Ewing in Dallas. He was a big name in the acting world. And I remember he'd gone in for some, he'd had some, um, like, I don't know if it was a surgical um, yeah. problem and then he died in the operation. But then next thing I, I was also surprised like, wow, he's, he's fine. He, he didn't die. Why did people say he died? Why, why, why did they do the funerals and all that? It was very disconcerting to say the least. So the point that I put it in the book reality shift. So it is the first example of the Mandela effect with Larry Hagman, but I'm fine with it being the Mandela effect and it is affecting a lot of people. <laughs> It's a huge phenomenon growing all the time. I, I tend to call it reality shifts. I tend to call that variation alive again. Again, it's like the two parallel realities. And in one, someone had died. Usually it's a celebrity, not someone close to you, not usually a housemate or someone that you dearly love. Because I do get lots of emails from people saying my husband or wife or child or or, you know, you name it, parent has, has passed on. I'd like, there was a terrible mistake made. I want to go to that reality where the mistake did not happen. I want my life back and, and my loved one back. And um, what I'm actually noticing is that typically what happens is it's not someone that close to us. I, I wouldn't rule it out. I think it's possible for Zen meditators and people that can get that detached. But for most of us, we're going to see people on a peripheral vision. Um, Larry Hagman's um, Nelson Mandela. And if you lived in South Africa, then Nelson Mandela is typically not a, reali a reality shift or Mandela effect for you because of the quantum Zeno effect. You're entangled in that truth bubble, that reality bubble 
where uh, we never lost Nelson Mandela. We needed him. So he never died in the in jail. Only lots of the rest of the world did that happen to. Zero point energy. We, you know, we talk about everything as energy and we have to, we work with energy and it's, you can, it's pliable, but what is zero point energy and why is it important? Well, I think of it in terms of zero entropy. And I think it's important because of our understanding of time and progress and um, pretty much everything that humans, all of our mental map has to do with time, just like it does with space. We have a difficulty envisioning things outside of time. But um, when we think about source or the creator or God or the big bang, or where does everything come from? What was there before there was everything? Um, It's very intertwined with this concept of zero entropy. And I love this book um, by Carlo Rovelli, the physicist who talks about this. And he want to give credit to him because he's talking about it all comes all the, it's not so much an energy shortage when you want to make a quantum jump, or if you feel like fuel prices are rising too high. He said, it's never an energy shortage. It's, we, we draw that strength. What we think of as energy, we're, it's actually entropy and we get it from a zero state. So um, he's basically giving credit to, if you're spiritual, he's saying, you know, it's from source. And if you believe in um, energy alternatives, then it's zero point energy, which means that there is, does exist this source that's available to all of us of um, just infinite, it's not quite energy, energy, I would agree with Carlo Rovelli, but it's it's something that we can draw from. So when you go back to something that's unchanging, and that's why people say the creator or God or source, it's pure love and it's unchanging and it's eternal and it's infinite, all that good stuff. That is what zero entropy feels like. And I keep making a pinnacle because it's also where all of the perennial philosophies converge which uh, Leibniz, the philosopher, and one of the two creators of calculus, you know, he talked about this perennial philosophy, and then it was expounded upon later um, and developed further. But basically, all of all roads lead to zero entropy, and it's gets back into that sense of who is the observer, and it, it's we're going full circle through all these amazing topics today. But they're very intertwined with reality shifts, who we are how we travel in the form of consciousness and how we draw strength from source, God, the creator, zero entropy. It's important for folks today to kind of, everybody's looking for their life path now. And you have an exercise in the book, a reality shift exercise about imagining three alternative life paths. And I'd love for you to talk about it. I was, I was interviewing Natalie Sudman a couple of weeks ago, and she talked about after she had her near death experience in Iraq that the kind of guides that were working with her to repair her body, they would say, oh, if we repair this hand this way, here's a potential life path for you. And if we take out this piece of shrapnel out of your head here or leave it in, it's two different life paths you may have. So how does it, does that intersect with how we can develop our own? Is it all in the same kind of a stream, if you will, the same field in terms of developing our own potential life paths? And are there, you mentioned some exercises to see if we can develop those on our own. Oh, it's fascinating. I I love the example that, um, and someone who is in that state, like, like you recently had a health issue. I think health issues tend to bring us to an observer state of mind much more readily Mm -hmm. than we typically have. And and so if you, if you have the blessing of attaining that kind of awareness, then um, I would trust that kind of intuition. I think a lot of people don't have that because most of the time we're not in that kind of a health crisis. 
So we'd, we'd like to make, we'd like to see those life paths, but we don't want the health crisis that might precipitate it, <laughs> you know? And so of course, so if you want to do that, then this is where an exercise like the one in reality shifts would come in handy. And you can start envisioning for yourself, what would these different possible um, paths look like for me? And if I, I like looking at a few of them, because then you can usually find your top three, you might think you've got dozens, but if you kind of, um, like if you recognize some of them have similar themes and then you can group those together. Um, and if, if for people that feel like I don't have much choice, it helps you to start expanding that more than just one or two paths. You can look at three and recognize that there are lots of possibilities for, for you in every moment. And it, it's, it's beautiful exercise because it starts giving us that gift again of recognizing that we can be the observer and the actor in our lives. Often uh, if we don't, become that observer fully, then we can feel trapped. We can feel like we have no choice. It's like tunnel vision collapses and we lose our will to live and we're just trudging along like <laughs> on autopilot. That's no good. So it's it's very valuable instead to let yourself imagine like, like being a kid again. I think when we're kids, we know how to do this because when we, sometimes when adults grow up, they forget like, what was it like when you said, I like, I want to be a fireman when I grew up. No, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I want to be an astronaut. No, no, no way. I want to be president, you know, and that's the kind of adventurous feeling that you want to have when you're looking at these life paths. You want to get into that sense of joy and without prejudging it or thinking that, you know, like, oh, I don't want that one. Well, don't, you know, you want to keep it wide open, let it call to you and you're always going to get what you need. So whichever path you choose, I think that was interesting with the shrapnel in the head and everything. It's very interesting because when you start getting that level of detail, that's super cool, but most of us don't have access to it because we're not in that, um, that it's like an altered state due to a crisis that um, requires that level of attention. Most of us have everything wide open, so it's, it's almost too many choices. Well, it's interesting because she had this near-death experience, and I, I had a reading with her, and I mentioned, oh, what if I lived here or lived there? And the way she worked was, uh, and uh, I'm sure Natalie will support this. She gave me some insights into, well, if you were here, this this could be dynamic. Or if you're here, it might take you a little longer to make friends or whatever. And I realized after then reading her book and interviewing her, that it was all about these potential timelines. Yes, and th that's, exactly. Right. And when I work with clients, they often ask, well, what should I do? Um, most of my clients don't do that because they're practitioners themselves. I, I tend to get people who are already doing this kind of thing. So, um, but when I started, I did get people saying like, what should I do? And it's like what you're saying. It's like, well, it depends on what you're looking for. Cause mm -hmm. uh, with each of these reality paths, as you say, they, they come with um, probabilities. They're um, typically not um, certainties. They're, they're much more kind of, it feels like this. It feels like this is an environment and uh, you know, this is a setting that's very supportive and conducive to, whatever, you know, like intellectual exploration or friend, deep friendships or really fun outings. And you can feel that with these different places and jobs. Absolutely. That's, that's such a good way to look at it. And people that consult the I Ching as a reference, they're familiar with it because it talks that way. You know, when you get through those 64 hexagrams, it's like that were designed, um, it's almost a binary system before there was binary code. They built the whole thing on a tortoise shell. And divination systems are fabulous for tapping into this in, innate wisdom that we all have access to. We've just usually forgotten that we do.
Amazing stuff. Cynthia Sue Larson, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. So what's next for you, Cynthia? Well, I'm doing these monthly um, events with IMAC, the International Mandela Effect Conference, and we are talking about um, lots of topics related to the Mandela Effect. We're looking basically for a visionary future for all of humanity, recognizing that we can look together collectively for improved timelines, that sometimes there are signs and evidence that indicate, um, for example, that uh, some long lost species are coming back. Uh, maybe we can ask for the, some of them to come back. Uh, we're witnessing improvements in our bodies, uh, such as the kidneys are, have moved to a safer location and so forth. Uh, so we cover the science of the Mandela effect. We have physicists and experts on our show to interview them and talk about them. We had Roger Marsh talking about his book, Truth Bubbles. And we had um, you know, some amazing experts talking about their various theories of physics and reality. So it's it's just a lot of fun. And we do this once a month, usually toward the end of each month. And it's through our YouTube channel, which is International Mandela Effect Conference on YouTube. And you can and sign up to get the newsletter at imec.world, I-M-E-C.world. The last question, are you uh, optimistic with all the crazy stuff going on in the world now? I mean, can we shift our reality to make it a better one? Because I have a sense that we were going through a, a dark part of the dark period, but it's you have to sometimes, it's like, oh, I got sick last week. Now I'm coming out of it, starting to feel better and better. And I, I think we may have to go through this vortex a little bit to to really get what could be waiting for us. I'm optimistic. How about you, Cynthia? So, Always optimistic. Yes, I am. And I, 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 I see, what I see dripping all over my tongue, I guess my frustration is I see people get sucked into the drama. They, they um, fall into traps placed often by maybe well-intended um, public media experts <laughs> talking about how we should be upset about something. I basically would recommend anytime someone tells you, you should be angry or you should be sad, or you should be afraid. I would recommend don't, you know, just don't do that. Um, because there's a higher level awareness where you can see above all that drama. And this is not calling it, I'm not naming names. I'm not saying that there's any certain thing going on. I'm just saying that that is the ultimate objective for humanity right now to rise above the drama to recognize that we can have a higher level order of perceiving what we are perceiving and when you do that there's a level of joy and peace and so it's not get instead of getting sucked deeper down the drain <laughs> it's a feeling of accessing the ability to be the fullness of your true spirit so you can be loving joyful supportive helpful without um, getting all tangled up if that makes any sense it's beautiful advice. And thank you so much. And thanks for being on Guys Guys Radio. I look forward to us doing it again in the future and uh, keep doing the work you're doing because you're really helping humanity. Thank you. Thank you. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, what a fascinating conversation, and I hope it's one of many with Cynthia Sue Larson because she's a brilliant individual, and she's really bringing a lot to the table. You know, on Guys Guys Radio, I really want to bring in guests who have something new to share to get us thinking and considering the what-ifs. And really, the purpose of this particular book, the Reality Shifts book that Cynthia was talking about today, is about really, I think it's about personal power. You know, becoming 
more conscious of the effects of our thoughts and feelings and beliefs have on the universe itself and also on our own personal experiences and how we can transform our lives through our own thoughts and feelings. It's important to pay attention and be positive and really look for the what-ifs and what's the best things can be and choosing joy, if you will. She didn't say that in the show, but really it's all about choosing to be joyful, choosing to be positive, choosing to get the most out of life. And we start to think about things that way, good things start to happen. And kind of seeing then is this underlying connectedness between everything, all space and time. And it's all about what they call quantum mechanics. And it's just really heading stuff. Paying attention to something brings more of it to our reality and hence reality shifts. So the things you really pay attention to, you end up getting more of them. And if your vibe out there, you're putting a positive vibe out there, a lot of times you're going to get more positive back. And if you see negativity in everything and you put out negativity, you're going to draw that to yourself. And then underneath the whole thing, we've got this kind of subconscious programming and all of our cultural beliefs, which in, in our society, a lot of it's based on fear, these perceptual filters that are constantly running in the background presenting this same reality loop of fear. And that's why we talked about, are we living in some type of simulation or a matrix or whatever? Anyway, food for thought. You make your own decision, but it's something worth checking out, worth having conversations with, with like-minded friends. And that's what we do here on Guys Guys Radio. So we're on every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. The podcast and YouTube post worldwide in over 100 countries now every Thursday. And then the KCAA show runs again on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. But you can listen live, you can stream it, you can download it. You can pick up Guys Guys Radio on KCAA. You can pick up the podcast. You can pick up our YouTube, which is called Guys Guys TV. Just use my name, Robert Manny, if you want to find it. Please subscribe, of course. And uh, we're pretty much anywhere you consume your radio, your podcasts, and your YouTube. So thank you so much for your support. And again, if you want to support us and you like the content and the guests I bring you each and every week to the show, please subscribe. Probably the best one to subscribe to is the YouTube because we just started that and we're doing our best to get our subscription base up there. And YouTube's a different animal, but there's more and more content like what I'm doing that's on YouTube now. So your support is welcomed and appreciated. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can also catch me on my website, robertmanny.com. I've got over 300 blog posts, everything about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, relationships, dating, online dating, family issues, business, friends, frenemies, holidays, diet, fitness, wellness, just how I roll. And again, there's over 300 blog posts there. And you know what? Right now, it's all free for you. And you can also download three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, it's not an adventure story. It's not a biography. It's not a thriller. It's not a mystery. It's kind of like a 
a more well-intended version of a, it's like a Sex and the City-ish entourage, kind of put them together, but it's about friendship, power, sex, money, business, frenemies, redemption, and a lot more. And it's a lot of fun. And the message is positive. And uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So you get the three free chapters on my website, and then you can pick it up if you want on Amazon or wherever else, wherever other place you pick up your books. You can get the physical copy or the digital copy, and I, I think you'll have a blast with it. And if you want to check the reviews, they're very good on Amazon. So I'm super appreciative. And it's really the source material for everything Guy's Guy is the novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. So I hope everybody's doing great out there. We're going to have a a lot more shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. I've got uh, Don Miguel Ruiz coming up. I've got Dr. Ian Smith from the TV show The Doctors and from all his appearances on Rachel Ray and all over NBC. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun because we've got more and more great guests uh, in the pipeline. So, Guys Guys Radio, I want to thank all of my guests out there. I want to thank my producer, Chris Marcello. does a wonderful job. Uh, Ryan Gilpatrick, my strategic advisor, and most of all, I want to thank you, my audience, my listeners, my viewers, my subscribers, everybody out there all around the world, because it's so important now that we support the evolution of men, because really we want better men, better world, and guys are kind of uh, in a place where it's kind of never been a better time to be a guy. And it's never been better for men to be whoever they want to be. So think about that. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Be an optimist. No matter, no matter how much crazy stuff's going on out there, it's going to get better. And we have to be a part of that change. So hang in there and let's make it happen. All right? I'll see you next week. And until then, like I always say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>